From Alaska Teen Media Institute, I'm Atme producer Yuli Zhang. This is Zoom Room, a youth-produced podcast where we zoom into a different theme or topic through interviews and conversations relevant to us, the youth of Alaska. On October 28th of this year, Anchorage Daily News reporter Morgan Krakow learned that an article she was credited as writing was circulating Twitter, except she didn't actually write it. It wasn't a real story. The tweet, which had thousands of likes and retweets, used an image that looked convincingly like the Anchorage Daily News website and had Krakow's byline. The headline read, Virginia man arrested for having Minecraft worlds that were the exact replicas of classified U.S. military bases. At me, senior producer Quinn White spoke to Krakow about getting caught up in this fake news story, how seemingly innocuous information can contribute to more harmful spreading of lies, and how the pandemic has altered her career as a journalist. Can you tell us about how you first learned about this fake news story? Yeah, yeah, it, it's so, so weird. Um, I woke up at like seven when I usually wake up and immediately, you know, checked my email as I sh- probably shouldn't do, but did. Um, and I got in, I had seen an email from a reporter at a sort of international publication on their fact checking desk who was like, hey, um, you know, there's there's this article circulating and I'm trying to write a story about how it's probably not true and I just want to get comment from you and your editor about this like is it true um and I kind of freaked out and was like what is going on and she had attached a screenshot and I went on Twitter and it had all these sort of retweets and likes and I started getting kind of anxious and it was just a bizarre way um to start my day but I hadn't written it so that that I could take solace in that I guess so you kind of just talked about this. What were your, uh, like, how did you feel when you first saw it? Honestly, when I first saw it, I was like, oh my gosh, this is kind of, this is kind of silly. It's like about Minecraft. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, I think at first it was just spooky. Like having your name attached to anything that you didn't actually write can feel a little weird, especially as someone who works in news and I guess. Totally. Uh you know, your whole sort of, I guess your whole profession is based in trust and reality. And so having something be so easily like co-opted felt strange. But at the same time, like, I get that this was probably a joke and my name was just left on it for, I don't know, just, I have no idea why. It was obviously just this like random sort of internet thing that just happened and, um, yeah, I think at first it really weirded me out. And I think it did. Then I just started feeling kind of anxious. Like, wait a second. I didn't write this. Like, I think there was just a, a few minutes um, where I just was like, okay, I told this person, this reporter, I didn't write it. I tweeted that I didn't write it. And then I was like, what if I did write it? And I just like forgot about it because of how real it looked. And I used to work for a publication on the East Coast and, as an intern and wrote some like random sort of general assignment articles of that ilk um and I kind of thought oh my gosh like what if I had just forgotten I wrote this as an intern or something but obviously it just it just looked real and it it made me double check and I think that's probably just a a facet of my personality yeah oh my gosh it's like you're being gaslighted on twitter 
mm-hmm. seeing this article with your name on it. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So can you tell me, did the Anchorage Daily News respond? Did they try to get it taken down? Yeah, I want to say we responded to the tweet directly and said, like, this is fake. And also, I think the the newspaper reported it to Twitter. I I'd actually haven't checked if it's still up. Um, but yeah, I think that's what we had done. Do you think, I mean, when I looked the other day, I saw, like, I saw it on Twitter. So, I mean, as far as I know, it's still up. But do you think that Twitter has an adequate reporting process in place for tweets that contain misinformation? Oh, I have no idea. This was by like one experience with that. I, I can't speak for all of it. I mean, I, I probably wished it would have come down faster, but I don't know. Like this was such a, uh, in in its sort of vacuum, it's not that big of a deal, but when you kind of broaden it to like this could have been a way more sinister headline about way darker things like would that would it have come down faster or would uh I have been much more concerned about it like I probably would have been much more concerned about it but um I don't know I have no idea I I don't know much about Twitter's process for that well you know that was something that I was thinking about when I was writing my questions I was like, oh my gosh, like, what if it wasn't, like, a kind of, like, harmless story about Minecraft, but, like, something more sinister, like you said. So, if fake news gets shared more than real news, how serious are situations of fake news like this? And how do we combat situations like this? Yeah, I mean, I don't know if I have a solution, but it definitely gave me insight in a way that I had not had uh, regarding misinformation and disinformation. Like, if I, the person who had purportedly written this story, had to, like, do a double take and be like, I'm am I sure I didn't write this? Like how easy it is to believe things um, online. And I think part of me, it was always just really skeptical of people who had fallen uh, into misinformation or who were sort of believing sketchy things. Um, And it was hard for me to wrap my mind around how far those sorts of rumors and ideas could travel online. I cover COVID and I would hear all these sort of bizarre theories often um, that people had heard or said online. And I was like, man, that is just so hard for me to believe that so many people have sort of believed that, especially as someone who like writes about COVID every day and write, takes that job very seriously to write that information that is accurate and well-researched. Uh, and this was just total insight into like, oh my gosh, it actually seems like it wouldn't, it, it, there's stuff that just like looks legit online, like it probably is easier to believe maybe than I, I, I want, I would like it to be, I guess. I don't know if there's necessarily a great solution um, to that. I wish there was something easier, but um, yeah, it's just challenging. I think that's a big role that newspapers have is just to be really accurate um, and take, take their jobs really, really seriously. And I, I think that the news media really does that. Um, I totally agree and you know what like it's kind of crazy when you see something that like like even as a journalist like sometimes like I find myself like seeing something on Twitter 
And then I don't really know where it actually came from. And I think that, you know, like sometimes I actually catch myself. Like, yeah, I kind of catch myself falling for it a little bit. So I know how easy it can be to kind of succumb to fake news. Yeah, yeah. And it definitely made me think, like, how many times have I seen a screenshot of an article headline and just, like, believed it? Totally. <laughs> like, in the same vein. Like, I just thought, like, oh, it, it, it matches up with my worldview or my understanding or, like, I needed a good laugh and I just, like, wanted to be true. Like, oh, my God, how many times has that happened? So it, it, that definitely, yeah, it, it got the wheels turning in a way that I hadn't really had before. I totally agree. And like you said, you do a lot of coverage on COVID. So do you see some any kind of correlation between this kind of seemingly harmless fake news and then more damaging fake news about issues like COVID-19 and public health? Well, I mean, I think it's just a slippery slope, right? Like this was innocuous enough, but um, there's other realms where this same probably pattern shows itself that can be more harmful to um, people and and human health and like our communities and stuff and it can just seems like it can just be like really infectious um, so I think that uh, people characterize those like a pandemic of misinformation as well as a virus pandemic which it definitely seems like um, seems accurate totally and it, like like you said like fake news can definitely snowball into something much much bigger yeah, exactly. And and I think also, like, one thing I did want to point out was just working at a, a newspaper, like, I take my job to get things correct or really seriously and, and, and facts, like, I just get nervous that something's wrong. And when we do get things wrong, like, I, I write a correction. I, I've had to write that, you know, multiple times. It it shows, I think, that we take things seriously. And if, if something is, is off or, or a stat is incorrect, like we want to point that out and say like, this was wrong and now it's right. Um, it's really to the benefit of, of readers and also shows that we are humans behind our computers and um, want everything to to be solid but of course make mistakes and, and and own up to them and i think you know even if they're unintentional or whatever it's still really important to um make people show people that we we did correct it and i think that's just like really important accountability so totally Ac accountability is so important and you know i when i was thinking about like when i was writing my questions i was like Oh my gosh, I could only imagine how I would feel if something like this happened to me. So do you feel like it had any effect on your reputation as a journalist? That's a good question. I've never really, I don't think I really thought about that too much because it, I think, I don't know. <laughs> I hope not. I mean, I hope that people, I don't know, like if someone Googles my name, it might, a Reuters, the Reuters story might show up as like a, fact check of it I think there was a Reuters story about it but I, I have no idea I, I hope I hope not I think at the time I was just like oh I want to get this cleared up but you know there's so many other legit stories I've written I hope that there's a balance there but I don't know it's a good question I don't often think about like my personal reputation as a reporter I just more think about like what people are reading and if it's um, accurate and fact checked and stuff well maybe less about like you like personally as a journalist and more as like 
the newspaper as an institution, do you feel like it had any rep- like effect on its reputation? Hmm. I don't know. I have no idea. I mean, I don't know. It's a good question. I'm just not sure if I know the answer. Like, I, I hope not. Um, but people, you know, can probably just have a variety of opinions about the paper um, attached to this or other things. So I don't know. Going back to the fact checking team that initially contacted you, do you know much about what they do? And do you did you get any kind of follow up to your situation? Um, not from them, but I did kind of look into that uh, arm of Reuters when they were writing about this. And it just seemed really interesting and important and like having that sort of big of an organization going into these very minor seeming uh, issues online. And like, oh my gosh, it's just so cool. They're like, like kind of like hand to hand combat misinformation and that and just having a record of like people are saying this and it's not true like I think that's just cool and important and maybe that's one of the things that helps combat misinformation in general and is like a helpful solution but um yeah I think I had gotten a few people that reached out to me and were like hey is this real like your name's on it just sort of random people or emails um and then a couple of people followed up and were like, I see it's fake. <laughs> so um, that was about it, I think, on that end. Yeah, you were probably like, what are you talking about? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So when, like, I was preparing my questions, I know that you pretty recently graduated from journalism school. Do you feel like I mean, right now I'm in journalism school. I haven't personally got to the part of journalism school where they tell you what to do when somebody writes a fake news article and puts your name on it. (laughs) But do you feel like J school in any way prepared you for this kind of situation? I mean, I knew, I mean, I was going to school during the 2016 election. I knew, I think we kind of learned a lot about like Russian interference and the sort of fake social media accounts and that was also new and interesting at the time and there was a lot of study and research going into that so I knew it was a problem right like I knew in a distant world that misinformation was a big problem but I think um, just so much has changed in the last two years I mean I've basically been living in this pandemic since graduating and uh, now I'm a reporter by myself instead of being a student and so I guess there's just a lot that's changed in the world of both misinformation in my own life and so I don't even know how I could have prepared for this or should have or sort of how someone could have prepared me for it Uh, I think that's just part of being a reporter like you learn something new every day often it's it's about the thing you're reporting on. Rarely is it about like yourself. <laughs> uh, but I think it was just one of those things where how, how could I have been prepared for this like random moment? Um, but I do think it was it was great to be attached to a newspaper and a um, outlet that was like very serious about being like, hey, we didn't write this. This is not us and was supportive of me. And uh, we just kind of got back to reporting the news that day. Yeah, that's one of the things that I was wondering. I was like, is there any kind of way that anybody can prepare for this situation? I don't even know. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I think it 
it is weird. I mean, it's weird that your name can just kind of be slapped on something and and kind of that it has legs and moves through the weird parts of the internet. I think that's a little scary. Um, it's really scary, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you could just kind of like wake up and yeah, someone could be using your name for something. But I don't know. I, at the same time, I do go back to how it was kind of a joke, but at the same time, it was like, it's a joke at my expense of my name. Um, but, you know, I, I guess it's kind of part of the job of being, I guess, a reporter in 2021 on online, you know? For sure. Um, another question that I have for you is, right now where I am in my journalism career, like in school, is like, I am starting to like, go out and like, get in the field more like right now like I'm working on this big project where like I'm shooting a documentary and all this cool stuff but one of the things that I have the hardest time with is that I get so scared because like I'm reporting by myself and I'm like a young woman and it's really kind of scary to be out in the field by yourself so did you ever feel that way when you first started reporting? And if so, how did you get over that initial fear? Hmm. That's a good question. I think I just feel like I get nervous before I call someone. I get nervous before I interview anyone, before I start my draft. I think like it's just <laughs> kind of an anxiety inducing field in that way because you do have this responsibility to convey truth to the public and you're putting your name out there you're you're signing it essentially with your byline and so I mean I think it might just for me it took practice it took um, a lot of like deep breathing and you know coaching myself and knowing that I, I was capable of doing the interview of writing the story of publishing it and and taking responsibility if I got something wrong so I don't know if I have any like wise words on that front I just think like sticking with it is really important I think there have been times where I'm just like oh my gosh I'm so stressed I wish I really didn't have to do this and then doing it and being like okay that was really stressful but I got through it like I think every sort of layup you get on that front can be can be helpful in the, in the long run I guess I don't know I don't know how helpful that is no, totally. You're right. It's all about practice, patience, and it takes a lot of bravery. A lot of times, like I, I find myself having to give myself a little bit of a pep talk before I go out. Yeah. And yeah, it's scary having to put yourself out there. Mm -hmm. I think the personal pep talk is underrated. <laughs> I yeah. could not agree more. <laughs> I love that. Do you think that, you know, I mean, of course, your career has changed because of the pandemic. But um, can you tell me a little bit how, like, the pandemic and the rise in fake news have kind of changed your career? Hmm. I mean, I think if we've never been, I mean, I've never, maybe never is the wrong word, but it just was really interesting to be working in an environment where the information we are publishing was so tied to people's everyday lives especially early on during some of the really early days of the pandemic like it the information that we were learning and then putting in a news story just felt like it had this direct relationship to like health and wellness and people going to the grocery store if they should go see a friend or like during lockdown like what was safe and what wasn't and it just felt like the news took on this new 
sort of necessity that maybe it hadn't before. And I think that was really um, scary because it felt like a big responsibility, but it also was really um, like fulfilling because it felt as if we were really directly helping people and and it showed the the necessity of very of local news in that way like talking specifically what was going on in Alaska specifically what was going on in Anchorage like people really needed that so I think in that way it kind of just shaped like my perspective on reporting like beyond just the pandemic there is news that people really need and and seek and I think that that um it just showed the importance of that and I thought that was really um, empowering as a journalist well Morgan thank you so so much Yeah, thanks, Quinn. It was so nice chatting with you. Of course. Have a great rest of your day. Thanks. All right. Bye. Bye Bye-bye. That was Anchorage Daily News reporter Morgan Krakow speaking with Atme senior producer Quinn White. You've been listening to Zoom Room, a production of Alaska Teen Media Institute. Our show's theme music is by Kendrick Whiteman. Alaska Teen Media Institute is based in Anchorage, Alaska. We would like to acknowledge the Denina people, whose land we work on. Many thanks to the supporters of this podcast, including the Alaska Humanities Forum, United Way, and the University of Alaska Anchorage Department of Journalism and Public Communications. The views expressed in this program do not necessarily represent the views of our sponsors. Thanks to our listeners who contribute to our programs and help us leverage additional funds and grants. If you'd like to support Youth Voices in Alaska and help keep our podcast going, you can support us through Patreon. It's a membership platform that makes it easy for you to support creative endeavors like Atme. Just go to patreon.com slash alaskateenmedia. You can also help out by subscribing to, rating, or writing a review of our podcast on Apple Podcasts. Every little bit helps us get our stories out there. You can also follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter for all sorts of updates. For Alaska Teen Media Institute, I'm Yuli Zhang. Thanks for listening.